to 120, growing old, staying young. On the 27th of March, 2012, to celebrate the Diamond Jubilee of the Queen, an ancient ceremony took place at Buckingham Palace. A number of institutions presented loyal addresses to the Queen, thanking her for her service to the nation. Among them was the Board of Deputies of British Jews. Its then-president, Vivian Weinman, included in his speech the traditional Jewish blessing. On such occasions, he wished her well, I'd may have him until 120. The Queen was amused and looked quizzically at Prince Philip. Neither of them had heard the expression before. Later, the Prince asked what it meant, and we explained. 120 is stated as the outer limit of a normal human lifetime in Genesis chapter 6. But the number is especially associated with Moses, about whom the Torah says that he was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were undimmed and his strength undiminished. Together with Abraham, a man of very different personality and circumstance, Moses is a model of how to age well. And with the growth of human longevity, this has become a significant and challenging issue for many of us. How do you grow old yet stay young? The most sustained research into this topic is the Grant study, begun in 1938, which has traced from then till now the lives of 268 Harvard students for almost 80 years, seeking to understand what characteristics, from personality type to intelligence to health, habits and relationships, contribute to human flourishing. For more than 30 years, the project was directed by George Valent, whose books, Aging Well?, and triumphs of experience, have explored this fascinating territory. Among the many dimensions of successful aging, Valent identifies two that are particularly relevant in the case of Moses. The first is what he calls generativity, namely taking care of the next generation. He quotes John Cottery, who defines it as to invest one's substance in forms of life and work that will outlive the self. In middle or later life, when we've established a career, a reputation, and a set of relationships, we can either stagnate or decide to give back to others, the community, society, and the next generation. Generativity is often marked by undertaking new projects, often voluntary ones, or by learning new skills. Its marks are openness and care. The other relevant dimension is what Valence calls keeper of the meaning. By this he means the wisdom that comes with age, something that is often more valued by traditional societies than modern or postmodern ones. The elders mentioned in Tanakh are people valued for their experience. Ask your father and he will tell you, says Moses at the end of Devarim, your elders and they will explain to you. Or as the book of Job says, isn't wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? Being a keeper of the meaning means handing on the values of the past to the future. Age brings the reflection and detachment that allows us to stand back and not be swept along by the mood of the moment or passing fashion or the madness of the crowd. We need that wisdom, especially in an age as fast-paced as ours, where huge success can come to people still quite young. Examine the careers of recent iconic figures like Bill Gates, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, and Mark Zuckerberg, and you will discover that at a certain point they turn to older mentors who helped steer them through the white water rapids of their success. A sailor chayrav, acquire for yourself a teacher, remains essential advice. 
What's striking about the book of Devarim, set entirely in the last month of Moses' life, is it shows how the aged but still passionate and driven leader turned to the twin tasks of uh, generativity and keeper of the meaning. It would have been easy for him to retire into an inner world of reminiscence, recalling the achievements of an extraordinary life, chosen by God to be the person who led an entire people from slavery to freedom and to the brink of the promised land. Alternatively, he could have brooded on his failures. Above all, the fact that he would never physically enter the land to which he'd spent 40 years leading the nation. There are people, and surely we've all met them, who are haunted by the sense that they haven't won the recognition they deserved or achieved the success of which they dreamt when they were young. Moses did neither of those things. Instead, in his last days, he turned his attention to the next generation and embarked on a new role. No longer Moses, the liberator and lawgiver, he took on the task for which he has become known to tradition, namely Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our teacher. It was, in some ways, his greatest achievement. He told the young Israelites who they were, where they'd come from, and what their destiny was. He gave them laws and did so in a new way. No longer was the emphasis on the divine encounter or in sacrifices, as it had been in the book of Vayikra, but rather the laws in their social context. He spoke about justice and care for the poor and consideration for employees and love for the stranger. He set out the fundamentals of Jewish faith in a more systematic way than in any other book of Tanakh. He told them of God's love for their ancestors and urged them to reciprocate that love with all their heart, their soul, and their might. He renewed the covenant, reminding the people of the blessings they'd enjoy if they kept faith with God and the curses that would befall them if they didn't. He taught them the great song in Hazinu, and he gave the tribes his deathbed blessing. He showed them the meaning of generativity, leaving behind a legacy that would outlive him. And he showed us also what it is to be a keeper of the meaning, summoning all his wisdom to reflect on past and future, giving the young the gift of his long experience. By way of personal example, he showed them what it is to grow old while staying young. At the very end of the book, we read that at the age of 120, Moses' eye was undimmed, lo chohasa eno, and his natural energy unabated, lo nas lecho. I used to think that these were simply two descriptions, until I realized that the first was the explanation of the second. Moses' energy was unabated because his eye was undimmed, meaning that he never lost the idealism of his youth, his passion for justice, and for the responsibilities of freedom. It's all too easy to abandon your ideals when you see how hard it is to change even the smallest part of the world. But when you do, you become cynical, disillusioned, disheartened. And that is a kind of spiritual death. It's the people who don't, who never give up, who do not go gentle into that dark night, who still see a world of possibilities around them and encourage and empower those who come after them. They are the ones who keep their spiritual energy intact. There are people who do their best work young. Felix Mendelssohn wrote the octet at the age of 16 and the incidental music to A Midsummer Night's Dream a year later, the greatest pieces of music ever written by one so young. Orson Welles had already achieved greatness in theatre and radio when he made Citizen Kane one of the most transformative films in the history of cinema. 
at the age of 26. But there were many others who just kept getting better the older they became. Mozart and Beethoven were both child prodigies, and yet they wrote their greatest music in the last years of their life. Claude Monet painted his shimmering landscapes of water lilies in his garden in Giverny in his 80s. Verdi wrote Falstaff at the age of 85. Benjamin Franklin invented the bifocal lens at 78. The architect Frank Lloyd Wright designed the Guggenheim Museum at 92. Michelangelo, Titian, Matisse and Picasso all remained creative into their ninth decade. Judith Carr, who came to Britain when Hitler came to power in 1933 and wrote the children's classic The Tiger Who Came to Tea, recently won her first literary award at the age of 93. David Galenson, in his Old Masters and Young Geniuses, argues that those who are conceptual innovators do their best work young, but those who are experimental innovators who learn by trial and error get better with age. There's something moving about seeing Moses at almost 120, looking forward as well as back, sharing his wisdom with the young, teaching us that while the body may age, the spirit can stay young ad mervesrim until 120, if we keep our ideals, give back to the community, and share our wisdom with those who will come after us, inspiring them to continue what we could not complete. Shabbat Shalom.